Welcome to Europedia, a weekly SBS podcast on European affairs. I'm your host, Oliver Heute. When typing in the word Greek in Google, the first four suggestions coming up, Greek gods, Greek alphabet, salad and Greek islands. Until about 2010, Greece has always been associated with positive images and ideas. However, for almost a decade, the small country in the southeast of Europe has gone through a terrible crisis. A crisis that was widely covered in Europe itself, but also here in Australia, where almost 400,000 people live with Greek ancestry. In this podcast, we will learn that the crisis in Greece is far from over. We will hear personal stories, but also strong opinions on how the crisis could be solved. And most importantly, what role will the EU play, the European Union, in all this? Again, welcome to Europedia, an outside view on Europe provided by insiders. The Hellenic Republic needs to remain solvent in the coming months, and this is exactly what is being discussed between Athens, its creditors and the International Monetary Fund, as 7.3 billion euros are due shortly, and Greece simply doesn't have it, in spite of harsh austerity measures. Here are some facts. The Greek economy keeps contracting, the GDP is going down, the population is also decreasing to fewer than now 11 million people. And the country has by far the highest unemployment rate in the Eurozone, sitting at around 25%. And to hear what the human impact is of all this, I have some guests here on the panel on Europedia today. I'd like to introduce Vios Anastasopoulos. That's it, that's me. Very good to have you on the show, Vios. And uh, you're a former journalist with SBS. You're a father of two and you're still active in the Greek community and you work as a lawyer now. That's right. In yes. Melbourne. Also on the panel is Kostas Stefanidis, who works in the building and construction industry. And uh, he was personally affected by the crisis in his homeland. And he now lives and works in Australia. And besides Greek and English, he also speaks German and a bit of Italian. Hello. <laughs> hi, hi, Oliver. And last, definitely not least, is Christos Papadopoulos, uh, who is a German-Greek, and he loves both of his homelands for different reasons. And he has been in Australia for over a decade and also is the father of two. Hello, Oliver. I'm glad to have you all here on Europedia today. And just by your names, we can tell you are Greek men. Proud Greek men, as I found out in advance, and we have heard a few figures there. 25% unemployment rate. The debt, I've got a number here, is officially now 337 billion euros. People sort of in Europe got tired of those numbers. They don't, they don't really understand what they mean. Maybe you guys can help us a bit more and tell us what do those figures mean on the ground in Greece, in your hometown perhaps, are people affected by the crisis? My father was a lawyer for 40 years in Greece, and he was waiting for his superannuation lump sum. That would be close to 70,000 euro. Eventually, he got less than that. I'm not going to say how much, but the reduction was over 80%. So we are talking about uh, the, the savings of a whole life. They were lost in one night. And not only that, if I may add my personal story about this one, the day I left Greece, the projected monthly uh, pension I would get when I turned 67 was back then 1,140 euros, which is roughly $1,700, I think. 
right now it's 460. So right now the projected pension I'll get when I get, beat 67 will be 460 or 450. Yeah, from your own my, contributions? From my own contribution, exactly. And uh, if you project that till I'm 67, I believe it won't be more than 100 euros. And so we haven't done enough? So a life of work for poverty in the end, basically. Exactly that. Oliver, I think it means, first of all, that there is no future. It means that uh, people actually have uh, lost their appetite for life. They feel disappointed by their own politicians, by the Greek politicians. And to a certain extent, actually, they feel disappointed from uh, the concept of solidarity within a Eurozone and within Europe, uh, European Union. Vios, and I've just mentioned those numbers. However, here in Australia, for the past year and a half, two years, we've hardly heard anything about the crisis anymore. People might think it's over. Now, Christos, you have been in Australia for over 10 years. However, you travel back frequently. Of course, uh, the people are affected um, and uh, you hear it all the time. Biggest problem what the people have is just this lack of um, seeing in the future. There's just nothing, no hope. On the other side, um, they're starting to get used to it. They reorganize themselves. Um, and people who can leave the country, they leave. Uh, and the people who can't leave the country for family, for other reasons, they try to live with the circumstances, starting to, to share things. Yeah, I give you some tomatoes and you give me, you were yesterday fishing and give me some fish. So life starting to be normal, but it's not normal, um, not normal as in our understanding normal. Or so, as in Greece 10 years ago. So it's more going back to the Greece of 50 years ago. Huh? Yeah, uh, it's going back. It's a lot of, I mean, it was in Greece always that uh, Greece was, um, you had to be improvised a lot because of lack of organization. Uh, and this improvisation becomes more and more. But I think what, what, the, what the major concern of the people is, it's just no certainty. It's no certainty, no stability. Uh, the laws, they're changing from once, one month, from one week to the other. You just said as well, there's no hope for the people there. And I get the impression that this is not really, maybe crisis is the wrong word because it seems to be ongoing. When you think of crisis, you think of three, four, five years and it's over at some stage, but it really seems to be ongoing. And now to our third guest on the panel, Costa, you have left Greece yourself not too long ago because of the crisis. Exactly. We left Greece five years ago in 2012 when we migrated to Australia. And I would confirm that uh, we were part of this hopeless situation in Greece. Uh, I would disagree with the figures you mentioned. I don't think unemployment is 25. It's far more than that. So it's far higher than 30, 35%. Yeah. And in the age segment between uh, 18 and 32, it's more than double than so, that. So the unofficial figures are even worse. Exactly. Than, than, okay. So these wizard statistics also leave out people who used to work as in a freelance basis, like myself, uh, which were never big counted in statistics like those, because yeah. this is why we also left Greece, because I was without a job. How did it unfold in your life, perhaps? Can you tell us when the <coughs> first time or of the first moment you realized we are in trouble. The first time I realized we are in trouble when I saw the Prime Minister of Greece, Papandreou, announcing that uh, we will seek for the assistance of uh, IMF 
and uh, the European Central Bank and everything else. And the phrase that is stuck in my memory is that he said we're going to put the gun on the table, meaning that we are in a position that we can threat someone or we can find a solution very quick out. And uh, having read about countries and their fortune after IMF went in, we all knew that this wouldn't be a good solution. You've just mentioned the former Prime Minister, who was the first one to really face the crisis, George Papandreou. And he also spoke to SBS Dateline about two years ago and told them why Greece got into this mess at the first place. The previous government had actually fudged the numbers and sent official numbers to, to the European Union, which were wrong. So there were, there were two problems here. I had a credibility, we had a budget deficit, we had a, uh, a current account deficit, that is competitiveness, and we had a credibility deficit. And actually the biggest deficit was the credibility deficit, that we weren't, pe people weren't seeing Greece as credible. The former Prime Minister admits that it's not just a financial crisis, but also a crisis of credibility of, of the, the Greek state, at least being in trouble overseas, because no one really believes them anymore. If any one of the foreign politicians have asked any person in Greece, they would have got the same answer many years ago. In, in relation to credibility, I believe that uh, the former uh, Prime Minister of Greece, Mr. Papandreou, was referring to another financial aspect of uh, of Greece, credibility referring to uh, our obligations, our financial obligations. And this is always the problem with politicians, actually, they are missing the point that it is not only a financial crisis, it's something mu much, much more deeper. It has to do with mentality, it has to do with um, uh, other issues of identity as well, which is a little bit, I know this is, uh, it, it can get to a philosophical level, we can discuss a little bit about this, but in any case, if we've got a crisis, the society is affected in a different level. This is not only about uh, finances. It's not only about getting a job and paying the bills. We've got other side effects as well. And this is also something that uh, we have to uh, make a point to the Australian people that having a, f a financial crisis, it's something, something really fundamental and affects the whole life, the whole existence of a human being. It's not only our pocket, it's also about our life, something more, it's very serious. So your words. identity, your self-esteem is suffering? Definitely, of course. But uh, also it can be an opportunity, and I think it is an opportunity, uh, not so much, of course, on financial, uh, on the financial area, but it is an opportunity for the Greek as a nation, uh, Greece as a nation, yeah. to actually redefine itself and... Uh, probably gain something out of crisis. It might not be a financial benefit, yeah. but it will be another type of benefit. A new Greece um, that may arise. Um, I agree with Vios. Uh, the crisis is, in my perspective, more uh, a crisis of um, yeah, identity, a crisis of, uh, a crisis of uh, mentality. We have to change our mentality. If we don't change our mentality, this can go on and on and on and on. Uh, because you can change only something if you change your behavior. Even if the Troika wipes all the death off, I'm pretty sure in 10 years we will be in a similar situation than today if the mentality doesn't change. And if I may disagree with one word only, because I agree with the rest, I disagree with the word crisis. Crisis is something that lasts six months, one year, two mm. years. 
like the old crisis in the 70s or local crisis and temporary things. I don't think this is temporary and I wouldn't say that this is actually a crisis. Uh, Greece is in a recession the last nine years. Seven of those under this memorandum of understanding as it's called. And I think it will stay in such a situation for a couple decades more. This is my opinion. And I don't think this is a crisis anymore. It's ma much more deeper. And I would agree with Vios. It has structural roots. It goes much deeper than just a crisis. Greece is not in a crisis. It's going through a change that will change Greece forever, perhaps. And we've just heard about the Greek mentality. Now, I've only been on holidays in Greece twice, and I had a really good time, like most people have. And uh, I've got some friends in the Greek community here in Australia. They're very cheerful, happy, and I think uh, very open-minded kind of people. Where lies the issue with the mentality, Vios? I want to discuss what actually Christos said before about the mentality. Christos has lived in Australia, in Germany, and of course in Greece. Likewise, I have lived most of my life here in Australia, now 23 years in Australia, and I regard that I have my mentality has changed a little bit from the Greek mentality. And I can see, I can, uh, see that every day when I spoke to my brothers over the phone who live, both of them live in Greece, you know, completely different mentality. How has it changed? In Australia, in the West, in general, things are very different from Greece. In the in West, you need the law. You need the structure. You need the institutions. In Greece, you don't need the institutions because you've got the people. It's the people who are making the institutions, not the institutions who are making um, the people. I know this By is... By improvising, probably. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Times. And like Christo said uh, at the beginning, that was a very good point. But we have to understand that when we are talking about Greece, we're not necessarily talking about Europe. It's two different things. And I think that has to do with our identity. We are different people. We are different human beings. We con our, con our understanding of reality is different. As I said before, the people are making the institution, the people are making the country move on, not the institutions. And now we've got the Troika, European Union, uh, European Bank and IMF to control this country that cannot be controlled by institutions. How is it different? We've just heard that the people make the institution, not the other way around. Um, you have a very good comparison. Yes, uh, I have a good... You lived in, in Germany and Greece and Australia. How is the mentality different and how does Greece work differently to Australia, for example? Um, the Greeks, as soon as they are out Greece, they, are, they can adapt to laws, they can adapt to institutions, they accept them and respect them. But as soon as they go to graze, uh, suddenly they are becoming different people. And I don't think they are different people. I think they are the same people who are living here in Melbourne or living, living in, in Düsseldorf, Berlin or New York or wherever in this world. Um, but it become, it become a kind of sport to trick the government to trick the institutions in Greece. Um, you don't see it here. You don't see it in other parts of the world. And uh, I think we, or the Greeks, has to learn that um, even in Greece, we have to respect some laws. And the laws are there. They're, we are part of the European Union, if you like it or not, at the moment. We've got similar laws than other European countries, but nobody cares in Greece. 
Now, the, the word I'm reading between the lines from both of uh, Vajot and Christos is corruption. That's the word I'm really hasn't been mentioned, but that's the, the word I'm hearing. Costa, is Greece a corrupt uh, nation? They're all are. All are. We, we can put it in any context you want to put it. We can also put it in the German context. So not just the Greeks Never, are corrupt, everyone yeah, is corrupt. What I'm trying your to statement. Say, and what I would say, actually, is that even if you put an Australian or a German or an Italian to drive on a Greek highway, they will not keep the speed limits. I don't think it has to do with the mentality. It has to do by how you enforce law and how you keep the law. What I'm trying to say is that I drive in Australia by keeping the signs. It's full of cameras here. I'm getting fined. I'm getting points. Something like that will never happen to Greece. So whoever goes to Greece, even as a tourist, they don't keep the speed limits. And isn't that what the EU is trying to impose, though? No. To impose stricter no. laws and stricter no. policies? No? no. Unfortunately, or for, fortunately, we're making this discussion seven years after Greece entered this memorandum of understanding. This was my personal hope that somehow Greece could implement some of the Western standards in the public sector, the institutions, as Vio said, and all that. But absolutely nothing has changed. Uh, I've been back in Greece three times while I'm here in, in Australia the last five years. And I keep uh, dealing with the public sector, unfortunately, still, with banks and taxation office and everything else. Absolutely nothing has changed. If everyone is doing so as well as, as Spain did in the last couple of years, everything is fine in the Eurozone. Greece has a little bit more problems. Greece is not to be compared with everyone else. A very, very unique case. We know it from the very beginning. Greece is not to be compared with anyone else. The German finance minister... Why not? Why not? I, I don't understand why. He has to explain his statement. What does he mean? He never said why. He just says it's a special case, it's a unique case. And I, I want to know what does he mean. I know it's a unique uh, case, but what it's his understanding. If I may add something, Germany is also a unique state. There are 19 countries in the Eurozone, 18 with a deficit. Only yes. one has a surplus. That's only Germany. So that makes Germany unique. I'm not saying that's uniquely positive or yeah. negative. Germany still has a lot of but debt as unique. well, but they can pay their debts, and I think that's the big difference. True. And for True. Australian listeners, the, the reason why those two countries have been at odds over the last couple of years is because Germany is the biggest creditor within the Eurozone to the Greek financial crisis. And just um, a few days ago, there was an article in the Politico called Why Greece is Germany's de facto colony. So very strong, aggressive language towards Germany there. Christos, You've got experience with the German culture and the Greek culture. And it's in the end, it's all about Germany imposing austerity on Greece. This is what I hear when I speak to Greek people, that Germany is sort of the villain imposing austerity on Greece. Would you agree with that? Knowing Greece or Greeks for the last 57 years is how old I am. Um, it was always somebody whose fault it was. It was never our fault. Yeah, it was the Americans, it was the Turks, it was the somebody's fault. It was never our fault. Of course, other countries took advantage. But you can take only advantage of a situation if you let people take advantage of you. Yeah, it works both ways. Mm. They said, um, I hear it all the time that, oh, the Germans, because they, they make business with us, they lend us money and then they forced us to buy German products. But the Germans didn't come with a gun and put you on your head and said, oh, you have to take my money. Okay? We asked them to give us money. 
I think that the problem is the lack of democracy in uh, Europe. I think that uh, all the ruling parts, like European Central Bank, like all those liquidation uh, uh, funds and all that things, none of them has been elected. The only elected uh, institution inside European European Union is the European Parliament, which is totally without power at all. So the problem is that there are policies and decisions implemented in many countries, not just Greece, because we also have the the example of uh, Cyprus, which was thrown down by the European Central Bank, the IMF. Uh, but I would say that the, the worst thing for me is that uh, after the Europe's decision, which the main part was probably Gemma's uh, decision, uh, was to get IMF to be involved in the economy of a country in the European Union, which I think is absolutely a disgrace for Europe. Uh, Mr. Papandreou, the gentleman who spoke before, he signed it, uh, this memorandum, uh, and he admitted later on he didn't, didn't read it. So how can you sign a memorandum which affects 11 million of people without reading it. This is a crazy thing. So we're back to Greek politics. Definitely. We're Greeks at the end of the day. <laughs> um, we've got opinion for everything. And uh, as I said before, I'm not an expert on politics. I'm not an expert on economics. And I can't really say whose fault is it. Definitely, uh, it's the Greeks actually who couldn't ac cope with uh, the progress of Europe, who couldn't actually keep up with their own economy. On the other hand, I can't believe that Europe cannot assist uh, Greece. Uh -huh. I think there are many things, uh, many um, uh, things in in stake. I believe that Germany overall uh, benefits from the crisis. Probably, uh, Germany is the biggest creditor, and that's why he's got the biggest uh, benefit out of this. You lend money to somebody, yeah. you expect repayments, and through repayments you make profit. This is how we survive as human beings when we're making investments. So Greece, I think it's a very good investment for. Uh, Germany, by uh, using the word Germany, I do not refer, of course, to German people like you, but politics is politics and we have to assess the reality. And I can see that uh, it's actually Europe itself that, that doesn't want to assist uh, uh, Greece. That's my understanding. Uh, Vios, I disagree. Uh, they have tried to assist us in many, many times over many, many years. They just have enough from us. They don't want... They don't want to hear us, they don't want to see us anymore. Because too many lies, too many promises, nothing was kept. I'm not talking only for this government, I'm talking for the last 20, 30 years. I would add one thing more, that uh, by having a keeping all that negative spiral, which you call crisis, but I call it a negative spiral to the abyss, uh, keeps a devaluated currency, which benefits the exporting countries. You think mm. that Greece and its debt is part of the economic system of Germany and why I Germany prospers? I, exactly. That and I also think that Euro is a devaluated Deutsche Mark. This okay. is my opinion. And I think that the statistics, if we go back to the statistics 10 or 20 years ago, that's very easy to prove. I don't think I need to analyze it. I'm not an economist. But we all know how it benefits the exports when you defaliate your currency. And I think that our Australian audience is also familiar with this idea because the Australian dollar gets devaluated the last six months. It will devaluate it more. Devaluate more. This is what happens in Europe. But it's getting done 
I would say, artificial in uh, Europe. However, oh, what Christos just said, I would say that by the end of the day, by being for the last seven years, implementing all those policies the last seven years, obviously something doesn't work. And I don't think someone needs to be an economist to understand that. You're listening to Europedia and we are talking austerity now, the Greek crisis. Uh, we've heard from our three guests, Kostas Stefanidis, Vios Anastasopoulos and Christos Papadopoulos, about their views, their experiences with the Greek crisis or spiral to the abyss, as Costa just called it. Um, but I think I really picked up a view that this is more than just a crisis and uh, even Vios said that. We are still at the start of it, so there's a lot more to come. And the current Prime Minister of Greece, Alexis Tsipras, he was invited to the United Nations a while ago to say the following words. What we faced was a firm commitment of some to the idea that Greece must exit the Eurozone or that the institutional and structural reforms that we need have to be combined with austerity, tough austerity measures and welfare and wage cuts. But it doesn't. We've tried the, the recipe, it's not successful. And we still stick to the same recipe. So wh what is the problem? Is the problem the recipe or the country? Or is it both? Or is it we've got the wrong recipe for the wrong country? It, as I said, you know, you might have many different opinions about this. The reality is that Greece is still in crisis and the crisis will go on. We don't have uh, any uh, any indication that actually things are getting better, th things are getting worse. This is a common problem. If we say that we are part of the same family, the problem belongs to the family, not only to one part of the family. But what if it's Unless, like the cousin that doesn't behave? Well, He's still invited for Christmas? You know what? This is what uh, John Varoufakis was saying before actually he became politician. He was uh, the first uh, minister for finance and he was the one actually who uh, first uh, tried to uh, oppose uh, Troika and say that it's not working, we have to find another solution and a few months later he was out of the government and nobody's surprised. But I do not agree for what he was doing while he was he had his uh, position as a minister, but what he was saying before he became minister was right. He, he was saying that this is a problem that belongs to Europe and Europe has to find a solution. If we believe in solidarity, if we believe in the common future of uh, all European nations, we have to uh, uh, to accept that reality. But it seems like when we've got a success uh, story, when we've got a successful country that's part of Europe, when we've got somebody who is not so successful, suddenly that's the problem that belongs to that uh, country. Get rid of the debt, waive the debt, and give Greece a new start? Or do you believe Greece should leave the Eurozone altogether, default, and get it back on its own feet? What is the future for Greece? What does the future um, hold for Greece? Supporting this uh, theory from um, Vios or some other uh, Greeks that say, oh, we are the poor guys, and uh, why are we not leaving the European Union? I don't think the majority of Greeks, and this is what I think I expressed before, uh, I don't think the majority of Greeks want Greece out of Europe. They want to be part of the Europe. But, uh, they, don't but, want, but they don't want play with the rules of Europe. Yes. No, yes. they don't, because at the moment, yes. at the moment say, we say uh, the Germans, the Euro, all these things, we're blaming all the Europeans, we're blaming the Germans, we're blaming everybody else, but, but, but we want to be part, but we don't want 
the measure, the, what, the, the rules of the European It's not that Union. we don't want the measures or we don't want the program. It's that the program doesn't work. We've got evidence now that it's not working. If you allow me, Greece is the only country that the restructuring package of the bank was written on the national budget. Uh, they didn't put it in Spain, they didn't put it in uh, Portugal. It was a separate finance package. You can't compare those countries. Secondly, the unemployment in uh, Spain and Portugal is comparable to Greece. Third, the salaries, they are very low, which is also a very good indication about the economy. If you have all the salaries, like happens in Greece, UK, uh, Spain, Portugal, declining by 50%, what's the point? You have people working by half of the money by, while you're getting the taxes to double up. That's, I would a, say sacrifice it's a, that's a exactly. sacrifice Greeks should bring in order to get out of their mess. That's, of for course. example, what, well, what credit well, nations look, say. Oliver, I uh, would expect to have a specific and clear plan where is the end of that sacrifice. Because, as I said, we're already seven years in the tunnel. Where is the end? Is that 17 years? Is that 27 years? The Germans have a saying, we have to grab our nose first, which means we have to try to change ourselves first. Seven years we are in a crisis, seven years it didn't change anything. There's no one sector in Greece which changed. We know that it didn't work, it didn't work the last 40, 50 years, but we still didn't change. The bureaucracy, it's, it's amazing. So you, there is nothing which, not one sector which works. So why are we not starting to change ourselves first before pointing the finger to others? So, and I think this is what the Europeans want to see. They want to see that we are willing to change, we're willing to improve. But at the moment, the only thing what they did, any government the last seven years, was just raising the taxes mm. and dropping the wages and the, and the pensions. Nothing else. Nothing else. Okay, I agree with that in the sense that this is what's happening. What Christos uh, and Costas said before describes exactly the reality about the, the effect um, of the measures, and the auster- especially the austerity measures. But I, I, again, even if, uh, how, how much difference will make if we change the institutions? If, for example, we've got uh, better uh, public servants, how soon we're going to get out of crisis if we've got more productive uh, public servants? Is it 337 billion euro, isn't it, our uh, national debt, isn't it? Which is very close to the Australian one. Um, the Australian one is about 250 or... No, the, the Australian one is about 500. However, it's much less when it comes to um, percentage as of GDP, which is what, yep. what really matters is the percentage as of GDP. In Greece, this is 183%. Australia has only 30%. But so not, it's, it's really low compared I'm not to convinced, Greece. as a normal human being, as an ordinary person, I'm not convinced that the recipe that it is applied in Greece can be successful. To sum up, Christos, who of course is stained with a bit of German mentality as well, believes that Greece needs to change drastically, and he talks institutions. It really needs to show Europe that and it's mentality. worthy worthy staying in the European family. Yeah. Where my other two guests, Vyas and Costa, believe we should just waive the debt and start from scratch, however, remain in the European Union. Yeah, but it's not realistic. Uh, uh, I didn't say that I would like to get rid of the whole debt, but the way that it goes, the debt cannot be served by Greece the way it is. 
and something needs to be happened. And you can't do it unless the ban comes into the country and, you know, put in place some specific rules that can work. Knowing both mentalities. Yes. The German and the Greek ones. I think the 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 German mentality it goes to Schäuble and 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 uh, Merkel's mentality to they say they want to see that Greece does something first before they can. You know what, Christo? No, 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 hang on a second. Because they need to save they need to save face at home yeah, as well. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And number two is then uh, the Greeks. They say, okay, we need a cut before we do something. And this starts with very simple things. There are a lot, a lot young people in Greece who are starting startup business, is a businesses. And I've spoken to a few of them, and their major problem, you know what it is the major problem? Not to get the money, not to get to clients, not to get them. It's the bureaucracy. So we are not helping ourselves. How can we expect that other people help us. Definitely, there is a responsibility within the Greek people. Nobody denies so, that. We hear all the time in Greek, in the Greek media, that foreign investors should come, foreign investors should come, foreign Why should somebody come to us? What do we give them? What, what we prepare for them? Uh, which field we prepare to them? Which cl- climate we gave them so that they are encouraged surrend- to come? We have surrendered the whole country, Christo. We have given uh, the airports. We have given the ports. No, no, we no. have given so many public no, projects we... to other countries, especially to, to Germany. Mind you, we talk only about Germany. There is no Europe anymore. I don't think anybody believes in uh, Europe anymore. I think we all rely in Germany. It's... It's a one-man show, I think, or one-woman show. We've got here complete change and more drastic measures. We've got waiving at least part of the debt, I believe. And what is your solution? Well, how do you think Greece gets out of this? I'm not in position to, to, to suggest a solution. Let's start with that. But I would say that uh, Vice is referring to facts and Christos is referring to opinions. I would say that we need to distinguish those two things. I tend to agree mostly with most of the opinions that Christos is sharing. However, we cannot uh, turn our heads away from the facts. Fact number one is that this thing doesn't work. Fact number two, I believe this is not a European Union. I did say that we need to start with ourselves. I totally agree with Chris on that. Our first prior, first responsibility are the politicians who are voting. The second problem in Greece is that judge, uh, judgment, the judgment system has never worked and nobody touches that. The corruption system keeps moving on in Greece. Nobody touches that and this is our responsibility. This is not the European Union's responsibility. I don't think anyone, something that Vyvets said, that I don't think anyone is waiting, is expecting for the whole debt to be wiped out. However, it can be restructured. I would say that the figure you mentioned, it's actually the projected debt that Greece will pay in the next 60 years, which means, if, if to put it in an everyday context, that if I owe $3,000 in my credit card, if you see on the back side of the statement, it says if you pay just the minimum, you'll pay 30 years, you'll pay 100000 but you don't owe 100,000, you owe 3,000. So the net present value of the Greek debt is far less than this one. I think that it should be simple economics how a country like Greece uh, can find a way out. I don't think it takes that much. Thank you very much, Costa, for 
I think meeting us in the middle here between two different opinions, I think you summarized it very well and brought it to a point. So I believe now there is a solution for Greece. It's not an easy one. Economics might make it happen. However, one last question in one sentence, please. And if, even if it's a Greek long sentence, that's okay. Just make it one sentence. Where do you see Greece in 10 years from your perspective now? In a not very different situation from today's uh, situation, I think. I believe that it will be very, very difficult to turn things around. I think many things will happen in 10 years. <laughs> in, Europe, in Europe, especially in Europe. A lot of commas in your sentence, but that's okay. <laughs> Christos? We've got um, a trust problem. If the future politicians can bring the trust what we should have back, um, I think we're starting to getting better. And as long as this problem is not solved... I agree with Vios, we will be in the same situation in 10 years. I'm very pessimistic about the following 10 years. I believe that uh, the financial status of Greece will settle down to the level of the neighboring Balkan countries like Fyrom, uh, Albania and Bulgaria in terms of salaries, unemployment and uh, prospect of growth. I really hope that there will be no decrease on the national soil because this is something I'm really afraid about Greece and I really hope that Greece will be able to retain the natural resources like crude oil and uh, earth gas that they say that they found recently in the Aegean Sea. Thank you very much to my guests here on Europedia, Vios Anastasopoulos, Kostas Stefanidis and Christos Papadopoulos. Now, I think we've just learned here that the financial crisis is more than just that. It really has a severe impact on the people that live in Greece, on their relatives, on their living standards, on the youth that leaves the country and on the future. However, I think we did learn that there might be a solution if the Greek people are willing to change. However, if the Europeans are also willing to cooperate. Thank you very much for listening to Europedia. Coming up next week on Europedia, a SBS podcast for you. France. What has happened? No one could believe it. Politics was completely shaken up. And the man behind this, of course, is called Emmanuel Macron. He has really turned French politics upside down. His new party is likely to have won the majority. And we will talk how this victory will change Europe. How will Emmanuel Macron change Europe for the better or for the worse? SBS Europedia, a podcast on European affairs. <laughs>